you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A dot Hey, everybody, it's G Suite by Google Cloud. It's a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. If you have a job that requires you to be creating documents and multiple versions of that document, then G Suite is for you. Anybody within the sound of my voice surely knows what I'm talking about. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite and Suite, not like, uh, you know, sugar but like fancy room that kind of sweet i always want to be clear google cloud is uh is who uh provides it for us and to find out more visit gsuite.com and now let's start the show david football football david the dave damashek football program available on apple podcasts and at nfl.com slash ddfp now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. We're anxious to dig in on NFL Week 7. Seated to my left, two of my favorites here at NFL Media. Let's say hello to them. But also we have much going on here in, uh, in Studio 66. Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass uh, holding down the Ford. MVP is not around. There's uh, our pal Martin also behind the glass. It is our long time. He's produced some stuff. We've kibitzed with him over the years. Uh, you're familiar with him if you're a listener of the DDFP. Sully, it's his last day. He's moving on to greener pastures or oranger pastures. Being a vol, he's shown up in his uh, orange, uh, I, you know, a lot of courage, you know, a lot of guts showing up wearing the Tennessee orange what in I, uh, autumn 2018. Anyway. When I think vol fans, I think of Sully and then Bill Dance. <laughs> That's it. Those are, those are the two Vol fans I think of. Um, and uh, and then also, this is uh, very special for me, at least, is uh, my uh, my old pal from Indiana University, Big Ten. Oh, nothing better. I all all these years later, I dare say that some. If I had to make a list of like the twenty five best events of my life, I would bet 
that at least like nine or ten of them are tailgates uh, in autumn, surrounded oh. by the array of colors in uh, in uh, southern Indiana, getting ready to go watch the Hoosiers get whipped by Michigan or Ohio <laughs> State. Maybe in there for 11, 12 minutes of game time. You know what? That tailgate was more fun than this. Let's get back out there. And uh, my man Steve Schmall was uh, was there with me for a lot of that stuff. Live right next to me and, uh, and so on and so forth there in Bloomington, Indiana. And his boy uh, David is with us, too, from Denver. They're Broncos people. How about that? Well, how about that? Not a good thing to be either right now, right? Another Why orange, not? orange jerseys. Bad times. 2018. Not good. Hey, let's say hello to uh, to my man seated by immediate left from uh, from the great state of Alabama. And uh, you watch him on up to the minute. He is the arm takesman here at the NFL media, ready to dig into his his guy, Dave. Ready to beat him up for uh, for daring to say that how many Lombardi's a quarterback uh, wins <laughs> matters in in pro football. It's Patrick Claybon. <laughs> yes, rings are bad. Is what theme music. He's yeah, we still don't have one for his coach. No. It's just music. <laughs> Every dream he has at night has Jack Bauer in all right, that's it. That's it. We we get the idea. I did. You know what? I didn't appreciate on your behalf, Claybon. What's that? Was his took's passive aggressive deed of talking over your intro music? That's not passive aggressive. No, that's just aggressive. No, we got to get his took one of these songs Boom. already. Uh, here he is. Watch him on Never Sundays on NFL Network as he chops it up uh, on uh, with all the highlights that you may have missed from the day, and uh, you see him on NFL Fantasy Live. He's all over the place, and he's a delightful fella, and he's a TCU. Go frogs. He, I. The worst thing about him is his that he thinks Whataburger is better than In and Out, which is a silly thing. But I, I appreciate the loyalty to the Lone Star State. It's Mark Istook. What's happening with it's you, fellas? Loyalty, fella? yes. And now that you mentioned it, I could really go for a, a what a chicken with the side of fries right now. I thought it was all right. I, I I get it. I get why Until people. You've from had Texas. it at two in the morning. A well, that's true. Egg taquito right. to help just kind of take the edge off before you fall <laughs> into a deep slumber. That's a special time. You know, much like those tailgates you went to back at Indiana. Uh, same kind of memories. From I don't know what you think was so, happening so, at those tailgates. So are you throwing a football uh, around, maybe guys, having a wiener on the grill. That's it. Can I Perhaps an argument that this Whataburger in and out conversation is really just about your own personal memories and how attached you are to Yes. It? See, it's the really omtakesman is wisdom. The sage wisdom of Patrick Clayton. This is what he does. He doesn't, the omtakesman, his special gift is he doesn't formulate his own opinions on it. He waits for other people to issue their opinions, and then he assesses the quality of those opinions. Opinions on opinions. And I, and I, both of you got into me a little bit before we jump into week seven proper here. Be on the lookout on Saturday. Good morning, football. My, uh, my weekly essay focuses on this very subject rings and the importance of it. And when you get into, it's not a Dan Marino versus Trent Dilfer conversation. That's that's silliness. But when you're talking about who is the greatest quarterback of the Super Bowl era, it does matter how many Lombardis you won. Correct. What? It, what is greatness? Are, are we talking about who's the greatest? Because that's kind of an abstract thing. Or are we talking about who is best? I, First I think of that's all, important to get out of the way before you start the conversation. Because you feel like Aaron Rodgers is the best. I, I feel like right out of the gate, we're parsing some words here. Best, greatest? I don't know. They're pretty close, aren't they? Actually, well, I see it. Because if you want to put two guys on a field in a skills competition, if you want to put two guys with some receivers. And well, now you're rounds, talking about most gifted. Yeah, like you're, you're in a battle, right? You're in a battle, and you want 
do you want the greatest fighter of all time on your side or do you want the best fighter of all time on your side? Who, who are you choosing? Are you going with Achilles, who's probably like 5'8", who did 100 push-ups and everybody's like, oh, Achilles is the beast, man. He's the greatest. Or do you want Ivan Drago? Do you want the guy that's sauced out of his board? <laughs> well, I think I want Drago just because Achilles and, uh, and his counterparts did it in the nude. And I don't like, what? <laughs> But that's a point. Like, the nudeness is what makes it great, right? Isn't that what you have? You, oh, they, they fought in the elements, Well, Dave. then it brings up the clothes. Come on, come you. Like, I can't. Come on. I'm not going to. makes it great. Do I have to lose the pants, too? Real? I'm like, ah, uh, uh, to the death? Sweaty. Really? Ugh. Ugh. I'm not in the mood for it. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> when you're debating who is the best of the best. Oh, there we go. Now we're it, The chief criterion, above all others, is how many times he won, so long as they continue to only hand out that Lombardi at the end of the season. Then that when that is when that is the carrot that is dangled before 32 teams annually and, and not just the NFL's, but sports most important position quarterback is paid much more than everybody else. Then it does matter how often that guy wins. What about what about losses in a Super Bowl? How does that factor into your calculus? Listen, I'll tell you how. John Elway is the closest to the mythical QB who just carries mediocre teams. That's the closest we've ever come. Tom Brady's done it a couple of times. I think the team that lost last year to the Eagles and the team that lost for the second time to the, to the Giants were thoroughly mediocre rosters that were elevated by number 12. And in either case, did those teams win Super Bowl? So it's not like you have to win, finally win the Lombardi, but you know, you're in the mix if you have a great QB. This argument about QB wins not mattering is is vexing to me and amusing nobody from uh, i I can't really speak for mark but i I think mark feels me on this nobody's saying that having a good quarterback doesn't help you win super bowls the argument is which super bowl winning quarterbacks are the best Mm -hmm. and it would seem like you're saying that terry bradshaw is a better football player than Aaron Rodgers. No, different eras and what like you know what I what I I think if you would have not issued that last sentence, I think we would have reached a place where you almost agreed with me and I was excited to move on from that. <laughs> no, I thought you were agreeing. It's with good me. to have a good quarterback, <laughs> but winning or not winning doesn't change how good your quarterback is. The, the hard part I think about this argument, you can go back to Super Bowl 49. Hmm. Tom Brady brings him from behind. The Seahawks move down the field and are two yards away from punching it in and winning that game. And immediately as soon as that game was over, Tom Grady's the greatest quarterback of all time. When had they lost, had they run, give the ball to Marshawn Lynch, that narrative is gone. So the issue I take with that one is not that he's not the greatest of all time, is or isn't, whatever. It's, wait, how did the Seahawks' decision to run the football become the arbiter of whether or not he was the GOAT? Because Bingo. that's the what came out of the woodwork as soon as that game was over. Look how great Tom Brady is, or the fact that the Seahawks yeah. threw a pick at the goal line. Interesting. You make you make some interesting points. I think the personification that has really muddied this whole thing up is legitimately, and I'm not saying it because he's behind the glass there, Eddie Spaghetti's guy, Eli Manning. Eli Manning Ooh. makes it into, wait a second, that guy has two Super Bowls? What are we supposed to make of that? Because he clearly is not consistently keeping his team in the mix, as opposed to the other guys we would, uh, we would involve in this conversation. They more often than not, Drew Brees went three years without to put, putting up a winning record. But nevertheless, it feels like the Saints have been in it more often than not, as so, long so, as nine's under center. So what if 
to go on Eli Manning, the that topic, what if Eli Manning's greatest ability as a quarterback was merely his ability to stay healthy in games? Because you look at how unbelievably durable he's been, despite a shaky offensive line, despite no consistent run game that he's had throughout the history of his career, he has been incredibly durable. And that has enabled him to weather some storms that maybe other quarterbacks might not have. His team's made playoffs in years and maybe they wouldn't have had he missed a few games. Maybe that's his best attribute because watching him play right now, I can't think of anything else that he's <laughs> Well, it's also... Showing up is important. I, this is it. Here comes another one. And then I promise we will move on to the here and now. But the one I can thing do an I, hour on this. One, I, listen, I, listen, we should do a mini-series, you know? We should just do this. <laughs> The Om Takesman and uh, and Dave sit around and, uh, and and have hypothetical debates about these things. But listen, that's why people like to watch sports. That's also uh, the point about that. The um, wait, what was I just going to tell you about? I just had something to, important to share with you. Eli Manning's overrated. Yeah, I, I think that's what. Oh no, that, that's, no, that's, that's what I was going to say. Going. I was going to tell you. No, this is. Eddie's I know. About to come through the here, class. He, listen, Clay Bounds about to really uh, throw his hands in the air. He may weep when I say this. Eli Manning is clutch. <laughs> That's right. What, I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. you. When you do that in January, it does matter more. I know you don't like that kind of thing. <sighs> he's got momentum on us. Yeah, he's got all the momentum, midichlorians. I don't, I don't know. Look, I don't understand. look, he just wanted it more than the other yep. guy. Just tried harder. Now, see, now that's a silly one. That's a silly <laughs> one. Rodney Harrison was out there not trying hard. You see what happens. You just get just mossed. Right. Absolutely. I I, Literally. I don't know. I don't know, Spaghetti. You, you feel me, though, right? I don't understand the constant shots at Eli, but I'm, I don't think we should keep diving into this. <laughs> it, it, it's just a lost cause. I'll it's always, too much? I'll, no, but I'll just say that. I mean, is Eli as good as Bree? He's like, no, obviously not. Is he good as Brady? No. Is he Anytime as people no, start self-interviewing, you know they're in trouble. Is Eli as good as Tom Brady? No, of course not. You know. But to like bring him up, as like <laughs> he shouldn't be the outlier. I mean, he has two MVPs in the Super Bowl. I mean, he has some of the most iconic moments. Like I, I don't think it's fair to Uh-oh. knock him. But Claybon's not going to like that. I can't Wait, moment talk. He, no, does have, he, he does have iconic moments. And he's not saying anything wrong. But when you like abs- ascribe some kind of astrophysical quality to it. I did. I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll do. tell you my I do favorite. Because they give the trophy out. And that's the, again, that's the reason for the season every year. My favorite. Trophy iconic Eli Manning moment. This is roughly a week or two after the draft mm-hmm. when he spurned the Chargers for the New York Giants. I'm at the Roxy on Sunset in Los Angeles. And who's at the bar? None other than one Eli Manning <laughs> wearing, as you would expect, khaki pants. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a moment? What would I mean, the important question is, who was the band? Uh, Bob Schneider. It was 2004. Bob Schneider. He's a, a independent artist out of Texas. Huh. I was wondering what music, what musician would draw Mark Iztook and Eli Manning to the same thing? It was not a Nickelback concert. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Pavement. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guess that. All right, let's, uh, let's keep it. Oh, by the way, we have Willie McGinnis coming up in just a little bit. He has some great thoughts in the NFL 2018 season. The season of no defense, outside of Baltimore at least. No one's playing any defense. Willie has uh, some optimistic news for fans who enjoy the defensive side of football. In the meantime, speaking of uh, Willie's main man, Bill Belichick, he says Khalil Mack isn't in the same class as Lawrence Taylor. We all agree with that, right? Correct. There's nothing to really even kibitz about there. Who's your favorite middle linebacker of all time? Ooh. Butkus. Middle, uh, Singletary. Yeah. Jack Lambert. My uh, Ray Lewis. No, definitely not Ray Lewis. Um, not Ray Ray. Yeah, maybe Singletary. 
I like that one. Just because of how he looked, when you look into that helmet and you see his eyes darting around the field and his cheeks look all chubby because the helmet squished That's what it's up. about. It's a, a, there, There's nothing more uh, visceral, vi- visually visceral kind of uh, reaction than the middle linebacker in the NFL. Hey, and, l- let me ask one question, though, because yeah. I'm not contesting the, the Lawrence Taylor assertion, although I just wonder from a factual standpoint, what's the average offensive lineman going at – in 1989. It's a great point. It's a great Two, question. 270. Yeah, they should have been maybe they should have been able to move a little better and uh I'm just curious. Keep LT from getting around them. It does there there is, I mean this is a little bit of a deep dive back into the early to mid 80s, but it it probably you're right. It's probably not a coincidence that there were so many great outside linebackers who knew how to get to the QB, guys like uh, Andre Tippett and guys like that who who maybe history doesn't embrace as much as they should. And another thing, if you think about the the Derek Thomases and the Lawrence Taylors of the world, if there were six times as many dropbacks back then, what would their Ooh. numbers look like? Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> Like, win. Good win. Guys throwing one. 50 passes a like game that. and Lars Taylor's play. Like, what What do his numbers look like? Is he getting 30 Boy. sacks in a season? But it's like he was a different species of, of human being. He was so – like, people who have grown up after our generation and haven't watched his film – I mean, it's like you don't understand well, how, well, scary too. how well that position can be played until you see the echelon he was operating on. Well, we'll, ha- we'll hear more from uh, from fi- about 56, from 55, Willie McGinnis in just a little bit. Um, what do you guys make of this uh, late buzz about uh, Adam Thielen is now the best receiver in pro football? He's very good. Um He's he's not getting covered the way A B and Julio and Odell do. That's exactly the the correct response he's, there. He's very good football player. That's right. I mean, maybe he should be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's the the argument. He's getting eight for one thirty six every game. I mean, what's he, he running out of the slot? I mean, he's he's running. Uh, I don't know what percentage of his. Well, runs, I guess I, you're exactly right. Now, what this means, this buzz this week now indicates. If you have uh, Stefan Diggs on your fantasy team, you definitely want him playing this week because, you know, he's uh, going to put up a big one for you. All right. Um, let, do you want to jump into uh, some college football uh, picks here real quick before we get to the Red Challenge flag picks? Uh, yeah, we have about 20, 20, 15 minutes. So, yeah, that's fine. Oh, 15 minutes. Yeah. You know what, then? Let's not do that. Let's uh, let's just get right <laughs> <Okay>. to it. <laughs> First, let's hear from our guy, number 55, the aforementioned Willie McGinnis. <laughs> All right, look at this. It's one of our uh, our great things that happens. Not every week. I wish it did happen every week, though, here in Studio 66. The arrival of the Cleveland Browns and also Patriots legend, number 55, Willie McGinnis. I'm What's on the that? wall. That's right. You I'm are. on the wall. That's right orange there. 55 for all of time. Congratulations. Hey, Willie, you forecasted what was going to happen on Sunday night pretty well for, I think, about three quarters of the game at least. You said a week ago that you suspected that Belichick, McDaniels, and company would try to take the air out of the ball a little bit to reduce the number of touches I heard what you company did right got. There. I heard What's what you it? did. Take the air out of the ball. Can we, uh, can, we refrain, can we refrain from those references, please? I didn't even do that Could one. Could we Not refrain time. from those references, please? Do you know Let's move I went, on. Do you know at uh, Super – what was that, 49, Super Bowl 49? Was it? I went uh, and asked all the Patriots if they were pumped up for the game. Everybody said yes, they were. Nobody I, got it. I don't think you'll be in, invited to any of our private 
engagements wow. with the Patriots with the, that attitude. You know what? Because you guys are not having a party because you guys are at home. So I, I understand where the bitterness comes from. You guys, meaning the Steelers. The Steelers. And I, well, I'm not going to argue with you about that. My, I've set my, my, uh, my, my sights lowered in 2018. Why? Now. Steelers are catching fire now. They're well, playing, they're playing catching better. fire is a little bit strong. But they I, are. I, if they can if they can merely, if they can somehow figure out how to take the AFC North, I'll be satiated this year. They're close. However, what about this rumor about Patrick Peterson? Do you yeah. make that move? For a, a, What team isn't in a position to spend a first-round pick to get one of the top three cover corners in the game? I don't, I don't know if it's a top – if it's a first-round pick. You've seen other players like Earl Thomas. Teams wasn't willing enough to give up a first-round pick. But this is, this is a guy who's 28, I, I believe. I know. I get it. And, you know, Earl Thomas is right around there too. So when you talk about guys, impact players, players that can make a difference, um, what teams are trying to do in the Cardinals, you know, uh, point of view, they're trying to build. They need they need more than just one really good player. For they sure, need many I completely get that. So if somebody gives you the world, yeah, you take it, of course, because you know it's Patrick. I Peterson. don't understand the conservative approach if Patrick Peterson, known entity, this isn't this isn't the roll it. of the dice that is drafting it. a twenty one year old. I get it, but if you can get multiple picks, high picks that can help your football team on the back end, see, you know Patrick Peterson, he's going to be good for how many more years, you know. He's a he's a veteran. He's been in the league for a while. If you get if you to me if you get two good years out of Patrick Peterson, okay. that's worth a first round pick. If you're a contending team, what happens team if you he get decides him? to move to safety? He's Listen, been a great corner. What happens if he decides to say, "Hey, I, mean, I want to go to safety"? My pushback on that is is that at least I know what Patrick Peterson is in the NFL he's versus any high end blue chip kid coming out of school. I get it, but you can do that with all these other players, right? Khalil Mack, right? All these other players that you talk about that are impact game destroyers, you know what they are. Teams trade them away if they're I'm not, they're I'm, I'm not arguing the if, Cardinals. I'm saying if no, you're no, a no, contender, of course you want to get him, whatever the cost. If, if you don't want to pay mm-hmm. or if you need to build and you need a lot of pieces, then I think you think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a couple of players away, no, he never goes anywhere. Of course not. Or if you're the other team trying to get him, yeah, we need that. That's like bottom know, line is he's going to be a patriot before Halloween. your teams and your teams your 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 ex team or your current team uh, is one of the teams that was courting them. Well, you, from what I hear, you know that's what I hear too. And I would, I personally would love to see it happen. And I do not understand the, other the, side the, of, uh, the idea of like I don't know if you want to give up a first round pick. It uh, it hurts the few. Listen, of course you're you're fairly close to being in contention as it is now. Though I think we saw. One of the two best teams in the AFC on Sunday night, and that is the New England Patriots. They reminded everybody who's boss. We saw two. I, I would say two of the best teams. I don't think the Chiefs, by the end of it, are the Don't go off one of last the, year. I'm not. I'm, I, I, I think the Chargers are rising up, and if they get yeah. Bosa back, I think they're superior to the Chiefs. Am I, do, do, am I seeing that right? Who I, scares you the most if you're a Patriots guy? Defensively, the Chiefs. Um, and I know they've been running the ball tremendously with Melvin Gordon and, and, and with the Chargers. And, you know, they got players stepping up, making plays. They're talented, and they're doing a lot. Keenan Allen, these guys are, are talented. But when you look at, um, no, when you look at a team and say, and say no, league is, no lead is safe, that's the Kansas City Chiefs right it is And the Rams. What you don't see a lot of is with Belichick slash Brady teams is that they're jumping up double digits on somebody – 
especially in Foxborough, and you, somebody's rallying back at against them. You don't see at, that. At halftime, he was saying, we need more points. We got to keep playing defense, but we need more points. That's what Belichick was yelling out at halftime. We need more points as his players were coming out, getting them going. So when you hear a coach saying, we need more points, you know at some point this offense is about to kind of wake up and explode or make some adjustments. They're really good. And you can, you can try and do certain things, but you better have a lethal offense to kind of keep up in case I, things get out of control. I'm with you, and the Chiefs are pretty much, I, I guess they're the face of 2018 NFL football along with the Rams, like you say. But it occurs to me that it's very easy. Fan bases all obsess about their team to the negative. And, you know, every if you ask 29 fan bases, what's wrong with your team right now? They would say, we, we're not playing any defense. All of them. You can't give me a team right now that's, that, the point. that's great on, on, on everything. Well, but especially with uh, there's just no defense outside of Baltimore being played. So do you? Minnesota's playing better on defense, I would say. Baltimore just showed they were playing better on defense. They shut down um, Tennessee. Cowboys Uh, have a good defense. Cowboys play, what did they give up, seven points? I don't know what, what magic was. potion Rod Marinelli well, sprinkles on been, people when, he, been, when they get they, there. They, they have I know. been good for the past He always – I don't know what he does. Cleveland, the, Cleveland defense was playing really well. I mean, you know, there's some teams out there that will wake up. Jacksonville, I know they've taken a hit the last couple of weeks. Look, those guys are still on the, the same name, same talent. They'll wake up. Like, I don't panic in week six and seven. Like, I'm not panicking with the good teams. Mm-hmm. And the good defenses or good offenses, they'll wake up at some point. If they don't, then they won't be in the playoffs. But there's some good defenses out there. And but do you buy, and it feels like forever ago, that the AFC title game up in Foxborough, that the Jags really could have won that game. You could make a case they should have they won the game. They could have, but they took their foot off the pedal offensively, and they didn't score points in the second half. Actually, forget even January. Let's yeah. talk about the start of the season. Week two, the Jags that really... Was in, that was in Jacksonville. They bullied uh, the Patriots around, but even that feels like a long time ago. I feel like the Jags now, the way they're constructed, they can't realistically in January. Is there going to be a turn? We were talking to Maurice about it earlier in the week, and he said, yeah, but don't forget, teams are going to run the ball a lot more in the second half of the season. Defense is adjusted in the second half of the season. You can talk about that uh, better than even Maurice can. Yeah. Is that is that the case that the, the defenses in the second half of 2018 are going to rise up and, and, and have some uh, dignity? Because right now it's an embarrassment. What I will say is earlier in the season, you see more offensive production because the defenses are not ready for everything that the offenses are doing, especially the game design, the creativity, the formations, all the things that they are doing. Um when you get to week 9, 10, 11, you're on tape now. You see what you're doing. You're not going to put in new plays every single week. You may put in a play here and there, but your foundation is going to be what you've been doing the last four or five, six weeks, whatever that is. So defenses will catch up. Coordinators will make adjustments. Um, they will – you can't change personnel. You got who you got. Mm-hmm. But you can game plan a little bit different and try to take certain things away and attack certain things. And you kind of get an idea of certain tendencies that – offenses like to do out of what formations and what players they like to do it with. So in broad strokes, because this is a pretty fundamental kind of stuff in a, in, for an NFL football season, the first half of the season, the offensive coordinators are running everything that they've, that they've concocted in the spring and summer and seeing what works. Well, Cause you remember in camp, you don't right. And in, in, in no. preseason, you don't. So the first half run, is you, devoted advantage offense, 
just be, across the board almost uh, almost always. I mean, we saw the Rams not let teams pass the 50-yard line like the first three weeks, and that was Well, then that's scary if, that you're, was if, good. if, if the Rams are going to get better. <laughs> right. No, I'm just saying that was but, yeah. good. But teams, you know, defenses will catch up and get a snapshot of what offenses are doing and catch up and make adjustments. Interesting. So what we should see is a little depression in the, in the points coming up here. All I would these, hope so. These, I mean, if certain offenses are going to score. They're high-powered offense. They're going to score points. So 43-40 is not going to be the norm. Uh, if you don't but have you, a good defense, it is. Well, but that's you know? back to the original point. Nobody well, has a if, good defense. But that's my point. If you're not good, you're not good. But if you got a good defense, you can always make adjustments and take things away. Like, we we all came into the season saying, hey, the Rams got a really good defense. Jacksonville has a great defense. Minnesota has a great defense. Baltimore has one of the better defense. Like, all those defenses are starting to rise back mm-hmm. up. And get back in in position. Cincinnati has a solid defense. Like you can go down the line. Cleveland's defense was playing really good, you know. So you can look at Carolina, really good. I mean, I can go down the line. There's deep, good defenses, and they will make adjustments. I don't think every game is going to be. Oh, they scored fifty this week. They scored forty. They scored, you know, forty five. I don't think that's going to happen. And if it is happening, then defensive coordinators will start to get fired, like we saw in Tampa Bay. Fascinating. I, I, this, uh, I, this is something I'm going to keep my eye on. Nobody better to uh, provide uh, insights on uh, Come on, pro Dave, football. That's what I do, man. I, d- I just said that, Willie. So I just that's what Thank you said. You. Well, that okay. All right, it was a little redundant. But the <laughs> the point is, also, you want to hear more defense talk from Willie McGinnis? Check him out on YouTube. Coming up, we did a uh, fun little piece. It'll be ready for you in, oh, yeah. in the coming days. Here, it's gonna be Willie fun. McGinnis builds piece by piece the perfect NFL linebacker. Be on the lookout for that on YouTube on the NFL channel. For now, though, fifty-five. We're gonna pick the Week Seven game. So uh, hit the bricks, fella. You're listening to Dave Amashek. You're listening to Dave Amashek. You're listening to Dave Amashek. All right, there he is. 55, Cleveland Browns legend for all of time. His <laughs> jersey will hang in the digital wall of fame for all of time as well. He also played for the Patriots. Really? Did yeah. He? Well, oh, yeah. Was that early on? No, he no. He's that's the thing. He won three Super Bowls. Oh, so that good. Well, that means he's a better football player than he. That's what, that is what it means. That is what it means. I mean, what do you think? Bill Belichick doesn't evaluate. I mean, yes, of course. Well, we got this Browns McGinnis jersey. I guess he was not good when he was wearing that thing. Getting that Patriots jersey, all of a sudden he's Weisenheimers. Bunch of Weisenheimers. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's get to it now. The week seven. You ready to sing? There is hook. Challenge flag segment. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. To ready? Red, Red challenge, challenge flag picks. Girl. I didn't hear his took there. Can <laughs> Sorry, we try that again? Something in my voice, in my throat there. Ready? Let's do it again. This time with his took. With ready? feeling. Here we go. Red, Red challenge, challenge flag picks. After a little uh, yeah. Christina Aguilera in there for soul. You. Yeah, maybe too much. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> you could argue that any would be too much. Christina <laughs> ah. <laughs> roasted. All right, here we go. Super Bowl 20 redo. No Tony Easton in this one. Only Tom Brady. Bad news for you, Chicago Bears loyalists. And uh, more bad news. Maybe the Miami Dolphins kind of uh, expose you a little bit, or at least um, Mitchell Trubisky. Or uh, at minimum this. 
the Chicago Bears 2018 playoff prospects in a rugged division with the Vikings and the Packers. And I keep saying it. I'm on board with those Detroit Lions. I was on board in August, and I remain there, two and two and three. But look at who they beat. They beat the Packers, and they beat the Patriots. Two pretty impressive uh, victories there on the season, right? Yeah, losing at home to the Jets doesn't doesn't. That's a yeah. that's an unimpressive that loss. That doesn't fit the narrative. Sometimes right. it happens. Here we go. Let's begin here. The Patriots, the Bears, Claybon. Choose the Chicago Bears. Whoa, yeah. he did it. Oh, it. Catching red challenge flag. You're taking the Bears too? No, I, I was really tempted to, and I love the fact that he's taking it. Then throw the flag, boy. I don't know how this works. You throw the flag at me when if I'm you, wrong. I but I don't know that you are. <laughs> I don't think he is wrong. Oh, so then you are taking I'm taking I'm I'm taking the safe pick, like but I, I think the no, you don't get to have it both ways. Here, take my flag. Yes. No, you don't give it to him. You throw it at him. You pelt him with it. Hit me. Do Boom. it. Do it right. I please? want it. I want it. Come on, spaghetti. What's going on? I thought it was pretty funny. Um. All right. <laughs> is took here to give us a very tepid, apparently, uh, uh, reasoning for why the New England Patriots are going to go into Chicago and win this one. Look, I think the Patriots win this game because this is the kind of game the Patriots win. Blah, blah, blah. We've been here a million times before. I want the Bears to win this game. That's who I want to see come victorious. But if I'm going to make picks that I'm going to be held accountable for, then I'm going to New England. Well, I mean, the 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 thing that you would say in, uh, in simple terms is that, uh, of course, the Patriots, the, the the kryptonite for Tom Brady is not just a pass rush, but an inside pass rush and whether or not Khalil Mack can get there from the outside and Akeem Hicks and company can get there from the inside. If they can heat up 12, he doesn't like that. I think the concern for me is the Bears that we saw against the Dolphins where uh, you see uh, Khalil Mack get injured early on. He only has one tackle in that game, no pressure to speak of really uh, on the opposing quarterback. And yet again, if there's a team that knows how to scheme and game plan for someone else, it's the Patriots and, and that's where I have some questions. Well, like Willie was talking about, too, is, you know, yes, we can uh, we can give the credit to Patrick Mahomes and company for the rally on Sunday night down double digits and to get back into that game was was striking. But maybe this is yet another example of the Patriots not having the pieces on defense. I mean, that's not just 2018 stuff. That's been true more often than not over the last uh, six, eight years, yeah, especially on the Tyreek Hill 75 yard touchdown. Understand that it is Tyreek Hill. That was still mm-hmm. bad defense. It really they, was. They were positioned poorly. The angles were poor. Yeah, he didn't hit him in stride or anything. Yeah. He caught it, came down to his feet, and then ran away from everybody. When everybody in the building knew who you had to cover, the one guy you have to make positive doesn't beat you. And that wasn't the only defensive lapse. There were three or four touchdowns that Patrick Mahomes left on the board against the Patriots. I'm not. Yep. I, I don't believe that this is the typical Belichick Patriots defense. Well, we 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 it's funny because we do keep calling it typical, but what's typical, yeah. like I say, is is not especially good, is the is the bottom line with his defenses. And throughout this regime, they've been able to win in numerous different ways. But I'm I'm watching Tom Brady break tackles and have four yard <laughs> touchdown runs. And I just don't think that Tom Brady going on the road to Chicago, they're willing to or Tom himself is going to be willing to do what it takes to beat this team in October when their sights, their eyes are set on January and February. And I, I just, I'm picking the Bears because I believe the Bears will win. Well, I think Jordan Howard is their best chance too there. I think he could really bang on that defense a little bit, but also a neat little bit of history. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but uh, the Tom Brady, 
after they almost go undefeated, the following uh, season, they open with the Chiefs in Foxborough. Bernard Pollard hits Brady uh, in the knee. He's done. And then they create the Brady rule about, uh, you know, keeping the quarterbacks a little safer. Now on Sunday night football, what happens? A chief gets Tom Brady wrapped up, but Let's because of the Tom Brady rule figures, I better let him go. I don't want to get a penalty on this. It all is full circle there. Right? All that was a, comes back around. It's a good little bit of history there, right, Spaghetti? I agree. Yeah. Thanks Thank for you. that. Who do you got? In the game? Yeah. Patriots. I think this is, you know what? Some really interesting games that we're going to be picking here for you. I think of all the games, if I could only watch one this weekend, this would be the one for me. It's the Saints in the Charm City. Uh, it's the Ravens playing the best defense by far and away. Four and a half points better than the second best defense in points allowed so far in 2018. Hands full, though, as Drew Brees rolls into town. Mark Iztook, Saints, Ravens. Give me the home team, Ravens. Yeah. All right, wow. Claybon, Studio 66 I like running his, I red like his, today. Own, his own sound effect as well. Fine, go <laughs> ahead, Claybon. Tell, tell us why the Saints are going to get it done. Uh, the Saints put pressure on you, uh, not just defensively, but Marcus Davenport is helping. Uh, somebody being on the other side of Cam has really helped this, this uh, Saints pass rush. But the pressure from Drew Brees. Mark Ingram's back. Alvin Kamara's able to settle into his role. They didn't even need to use Kamara uh, that much in the last win. I just, I don't see, especially considering the problems that the Ravens have had running the football, I don't see Joe Flacco hoisting this team on his shoulders and carrying them uh, to as many points as they're going to need to knock off Drew Brees and come. Claybon, I love where you're where you're going with this. As Willie said there, yes, defenses in the second half of 2018, as they typically do, will rise up and be a little more stout than what we've seen so far to this point in the season. And something that we've seen in just about every Raven season is at some point, maybe not every season this doesn't happen, but the OC gets in there and he gets seduced by Flacco's arm. And you know what? Maybe this is the year we try to ride that right arm instead of pounding it on the ground. And about halfway through the season, there's enough evidence to say, oh, yeah, we can't do that with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco can't win games for us week in and week out. This is a a faulty premise. And perhaps this is the week where that starts to come undone. This Flacco, it deserves another $100 million from somebody, starts to unwind a little bit here. I'm with you on that, Claybon. Thanks, Dave. I'm not all the way on board the Flaconissance yet. But this is a team that like has that. been sneaky on offense, and you go up in a game that could potentially be a shootout. If it comes down to one of the defenses getting a stop over the other ones, give me give me Baltimore's at home. Flaconissance. By the way, I am taking the Ravens in this one, but I do wonder if – I mean, it's going to happen in the next few weeks is that Flacco is going to look like Flacco. People get lulled into believing like, oh, this is this is a legit – You know what? Geez. Hey, this Ravens team I'm not going to say Joe he's Flacco elite. Looks- but <laughs> all right, let's uh, now let's do the Carolina Panthers, the Philadelphia Eagles, two teams that are going to be there in December, whether you like it or not. Cam Newton having another very nice year, although it's unorthodox statistically. It is a, another strong season going there. And uh, the Eagles look like they're starting to put things together after what we saw last Thursday night. Patrick Claibon, it's the Eagles hosting the Panthers. <sighs> Choose. The defending Super Bowl champs will lose at home. Wow! 
Charles. More. Did you somehow get some tip on what my picks were and you're just doing this to be a contrarian? I hope so. Yeah, you know me, Dave. <laughs> if, I, if I detest anything, it's my own opinion. You're taking the Eagles as well as Took? I'm taking the Eagles, yeah. All right, explain yourself. Uh, well, one, uh, Eagles are at home in this game. Uh, we saw them last Thursday, uh, again, kind of get back to form. And for me, that's been the question mark all year long with this Philly team is, is are they nursing a Super Bowl hangover or can they be the same surprising week-in, week-out team that they were in 2017? I, I've become a big fan of Doug Peterson over the past year, but it was obvious how much they missed Carson Wentz. You can't just plug and play uh, Nick Foles and 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 – even though you won a Super Bowl with them last year, expect that that's going to be your ticket to ride. And I feel like they have been finding their rhythm offensively and defensively. We know they've got the pieces on defense, but just didn't seem like they've been hitting on all cylinders until last week. And I, I think more of the same, especially after a long layoff missing. Uh, the week. I think I think that they are going to go into a little run here and they're going to look really good. But the thing to watch out for, not to be a pessimist, is you remember. I mean, it's a, it's one of those uh, those old cliches, but this one happens to be true that you do as you get into December, start to run the ball more. They have no Jay Ajayi, no LeGarrette Blunt. I don't know that they have the guy on the roster right now that's going to be able to do that because those guys really were banging on mm. teams in the third and fourth quarters of uh, of big games and and holding on to to leads for the Eagles. So I don't know if they're built to really make a deep playoff run this year. Flashing back to that Thursday night game a year ago where Carson Wentz was getting bumped Guarded by Panthers blitzes over and over again repeatedly. Thomas Davis now back, his second game back. As you mentioned, Dave, they, who who is actually going to run the ball for this Philadelphia Eagles? And it's, it's not like, a small matter, but you can but you can be duped into thinking it isn't if you watch September football. Mm-hmm. Well, we do. We do no, these teams are winning. They don't have a running back. Yeah, it will matter as the season wears on. It's it, sunny and seventy outside. Right. It's easy, especially to throw the ball when you the when you consider what pass protection means from the running back position against the team uh, that we have on tape that will be willing to blitz early and often against Carson Wentz, and that was a healthy Carson Wentz. I, I, I'm I'm going with the protection theory here and going with Carolina. Well, with that loaded pass rush that the Eagles bring against uh, number one Superman, that's uh, worthwhile to watch mm-hmm. this game just yes. for that alone. All right, you know what? I want to bring David in here real quick, if we could. Uh, can we push a chair in him, a, a chair as well for him, in here to join in on the? Uh, it's like a celebrity kind of thing. Do we have an extra challenge? What's, what's fun is we do. We have a literal celebrity behind the glass uh, <laughs> over there, but uh, but David's coming in. He's our version. Of a, <laughs> <laughs> of, of a celebrity. Yeah, we don't have the same booker that uh, Fabiano has. You know, he's Fabiano's a fancy <laughs> pants. You know, what am I going to do? The Hall of but, Famer. Hello, David Schmall. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm well. You ready to pick some games? Sure. We got two left for you, and uh, we'll start off with this one. One of the great rivalries in uh, in pro football, nay, in sports. Uh, a young Mark Istook wept uh, in his Texas home. In uh, in 1982, when uh, when Joe Theismann and company <laughs> took care of Gary Hogaboom and Danny White and the Navy shirted uh, Dallas Cowboys in their visit in the NFC title game that the Redskins took, right? I made up for it the year Dallas went one and fifteen with the sole win coming at the expense of the Washington Redskins. Ooh, that's a good trivia question. I didn't yes. know that that was Troy the Aikman, one in that uh, first season, I believe, if memory serves. And uh, that was that was solace for a young Cowboys fan who really kind of missed the heyday. I always feel uh, bad. You know who I feel bad for in NFL history? Danny White. 
Danny White could could have really been a Hall of Famer if he um, had one more Super Bowls. That's right. <laughs> that's it. I mean, I don't want to tell you that this is the thing. Like that, that this is the hill that the that the that the football media cools wish to die on is arguing with me about Lombardies and whether or not they matter. It's, it's just it, it it makes me crazy. You know what no. I'm talking about, David? You you beat that straw man up, Dave. <laughs> it's not a straw man when you're arguing it. with me about it. You just punch it. Just dropkick. David, who's right? Does, does the number of Lombardis a quarterback uh, wins, does that matter? I think it matters. I mean, we, we're looking at some, the best quarterback of all time in his prime right now, who has been in his prime, Tom Brady, who has five Super Bowl rings, and I don't think anybody can top that. Did you get this jazz about greatest versus best? Because I didn't understand it. Perhaps you could explain it to me. I mean, there's definitely, like, you have the gifted quarterbacks, but yes. when it comes to the people who perform at the highest level for the longest amount of times, Tom Brady, I think, he might not be the greatest, or most gifted quarterback of all time, but I think he is He would acknowledge best. that. He would say that. Yeah, Tom Brady has, has said that. Yeah. I, by the way, I, I've said this too. I know that it's meant to be supportive and flattering to Aaron Rodgers when he said it. Well, if Aaron Rodgers played that for, was a, that played was for a Belichick, played in his system. That was a backhanded compliment. If he played with Josh McDaniels and Belichick and all that, if he were in this, he'd throw for 6,000 yards annually. Well, isn't that kind of a shot at Mike McCarthy? Well, yeah. it is, but it's also it's also a shot. I know at, it's not intended to be that, I, but it I is. I think that there's the subtle uh, shot across the bow of Aaron Rodgers there because it's basically saying if you could play smarter, hmm, and it's you all, could have the six, you could have these rings that I have. And, Instead, you just got the one. And it's also fake humility. <laughs> just well, if we're being honest, I, I think Tom Brady's a pretty big Tom Brady fan. As, yeah, that's definitely true. And the other thing is, too, is I love when guys go like, you know, hey, Aaron Rodgers, what do you think of, um, you know, you're being compared to Tom Brady and uh, and uh, some of the all time greats. Oh, that's very humbling. It's humbling. It's the opposite. of Humbling. Doesn't that fill your doesn't that make you have a big ego? No. <laughs> humbling. Humbling is true. being compared to Ryan Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you're kind of like you're sort of like Jay Fiedler. Like, oh, that's that humbles me. That takes me down which, a notch. Which Hasselbeck are you? Wait, you compare me to LeBron James? Yeah, I'm not, that doesn't humble me. That uh, makes me arrogant. Anyhow, you get what I'm talking about, yes. David. All right, let's pick it now. Guest picker David Schmall. It's the Cowboys. It's the Redskins in our nation's capital. <sighs> Choose. Cowboys. Nobody? Are you throwing, I'm throwing it? it. I throw it. it. Throw oh. it. Throw it. Throw it. Throw it. I didn't have one to throw. There you go. <laughs> really? Explain yourself. Is as part. a Cowboys fan, as much <laughs> as I would love to see a W this week, I am not going to let myself be lulled oh. into some false sense of security <laughs> that all of a sudden Jason Garrett and Scott Lenahan came up with an offensive game plan that's been staring them in the faces for the entire time that Dak Prescott has been America's team's quarterback. No. They revert to the norm. Yeah, but they're but you know they're play who they're playing though. Yes, I get it. I get they're playing a Washington team that has find found ways to snakebite this Cowboys team in the past, especially up in Washington. Uh, I, I just don't buy it. Um, See, that's the kind of inside detail that fans only have. I here's the thing that people always think is, oh, you're a fan of that team, so then you're biased and you just think everything they do is great. Au contraire. 
no one's more critical of a team than than its local fans, the ones yeah. that pay attention. They're super cynical about that. Anytime we go up to D.C., we all, uh, something bad always goes against Well, we well never I'll say this. I have found ways to talk myself into optimism for this team for going on two decades now. He's fed up. And I, finally, I'm throwing the red challenge flag at the organization. Well, but long, I don't know if you noticed, Jay Gruden was born. I mean, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden's the coach. of. Uh, that's one reason for optimism for the Cowboys. But on the other side, uh, Jason Garrett was born anew over the course of a week. The the social media GMs. contract extensions now. Yeah, the social media GMs fired him for not going for it on fourth and one in overtime. And then oh, it was a brand new Jason Garrett last week. Foot on the gas. If, the folks, game. if, if folks want a fun time. Go to on Twitter and search from Mark Istook, Jason Garrett, <laughs> and you will see a thread of epic proportions that just <sighs> crushes Jason Garrett and how milk toast and boring he is. Yeah, it? but he went to Princeton. Milk toast <laughs> is the perfect adjective to describe his coaching style. I'm getting hungry all Clapping. of a sudden. Now. Anyway, okay. that's that's. I, I look, we could break down X's and O's, but at the end of the day, uh, it's more uh, it's more an overarching. Cowboys. Mark hates Jason Garrett. Narrative I'm buying. <laughs> well, I hear I, I, yes. I hear you, but, you know, you talk about a confusing team to try and figure out this Skins team. I mean, that the, the one I can't get over is the loss uh, at home to Indianapolis yeah. and the nature of that yeah. game. What, what? If you watch that game, it, what is this? Yeah. What This team is just getting, uh, is I, getting owned by the Indianapolis Colts? I still think that game against New Orleans, look, the Saints had, had destiny on their side in that game, but it worked out just... You couldn't have scripted that. That also was gross. Yeah, that was also an embarrassment. And you're like, I felt like this was going to be at least a shootout because that's what teams do with New Orleans this year, it seems. No. Nope. Washington. Then they win games that you think that they have no shot in. Uh, Why are you, you took the uh, Cowboys? I mean, they just walloped on the Jaguars, but hopefully Jason Garrett and the Cowboys can continue that against the much more mediocre team. <laughs> <laughs> I like shades of mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> Degrees of shade uh, of mediocrity. Very mediocre. All right, here we go now. I'm going to let uh, David pick this one uh, as well. It's your Sunday nighter, and it's an AFC gem. Really, I'm not going to get that it's overly important. We're still in the first half of the NFL season. No game is that important, really. Um, nevertheless, I feel like the Bengals feeling good before Pittsburgh rolled into town and reminded them who is the AFC North bully and who is the fraud. Um, we'll still, I'm still waiting details on Vontez Perfect. He's really allowed to just keep on playing, doing that. He's just allowed to run around, throwing his head at people, throwing himself like a missile at people all over. I don't get that. Tell me this, though, David Schmall. It's the Bengals against Patrick Mahomes and the high-octane Chiefs offense. <gasps> Choose. There's only one choice, the Chiefs. <laughs> no one wants to go out on a nope. limb? Uh, no. Nope. I did it too much this show already. <laughs> I liked it. I appreciated that. Oh, we, the su- Studio 66 r- uh, ran red with uh, contentious uh, pushback on my picks. Um, all right, then, David. Why don't you tell us first why the Chiefs are going to win this game? I mean... Patrick Mahomes has stepped into this new quarterback role and has just been on fire since just week one. He almost came back against the uh, against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Best performance uh, of his young career, I, I dare say, right? Given the stakes, given the attention, given the... Uh, and, and he could have performed. I mean, he left a lot on the table yep. in that game, too. Yeah, early on, but then to rally from making some bad throws early on and then throwing some strikes to to rally the team. Impressive stuff out of Mahomes. The question remains to defense. 
But like I say, nobody's really playing defense, so maybe it's not that big a liability after all. And by the way, for everybody who keeps saying, well, the Chiefs can only go so far because of that defense, you figure... You, you know, you you throw Eric Barry at the back end there and you get Justin Houston, presumably healthy with D Ford. It's not like they're they're uh, abject garbage. And Reggie Ragland's a nice piece there in the linebacking uh, core. Right. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the sky's the limit for this team. I mean, look, the defense is going to be an issue, obviously, but they can score from anywhere on the field. At any time. it's. I mean, people like to say that kind of stuff, but that's absolutely true with the <laughs> Chiefs. It's crazy. It's, that, uh, the the Tyreek Hill touchdown and, was and, weird. And that's the thing, too, is usually what Bill Belichick excels at is what is your biggest strength? I'm right. going to minimize that. He Three touchdowns. Had no answer for Tyreek Hill in that game. And, and you, he and, says, hey, let's throw some beer on him. No, not even that stuff. <laughs> and the theory, right, you, you try to make it a longer game. It's like, all right, let's keep these guys from getting 30, 40, 50-yard plays. Well, then they, they go for 60-yard plays. Yeah, it they felt like it seven. worked for three quarters. Yeah. Like, we're just going to run, run, and run some more, and before you know it, we're going to get out of here with, like, a 13-point victory, and they're never really going to be in it. And then all of a sudden, they just had to get into the shootout in the fourth Your quarter. Your defense but, but I, has five bad plays. This team has 40 points. I think you can go even higher level with this because – you, I do think this is a resurgent Bengals team. We've seen some more a more dynamic offense from them than we've seen in a while, better quarterback play from Andy Dalton. But as we saw in the game against Pittsburgh, the Bengals will still bingle. They will still find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. Marv Lewis still will call a conservative game plan and protect a lead when that happens instead of going for the jugular. And I feel like Andy Reid found it, is – his midlife crisis, he got himself a Ferrari, and he is not ready to put it back in the garage yet. <laughs> it's and, so true. And, I mean, look, if you want to go silly narrative, that that's un, that's fun as well to just watch these two coaching styles and these two teams go head-to-head in a primetime game. On Since he losing two guys in the secondary in the last drive against Pittsburgh didn't help. No, it didn't. And, uh, yeah, but you knew going in. Crazy holding call. It was unnecessary. Oh, don't start. Not say, No, I'm saying the, the, the play. It was unnecessary to hold. Oh, oh okay. Okay, I thought like, you were. I that's thought you what were the that's what you thought he was talking about the the hunter illegal blocking downfield. Yeah, because that's what it was. Oh, that. Oh, come on. No, I mean no, that's a, that's no. another play. I'm talking about the hold, the hold on Juju on third down that was incomplete. That uh, why? What are you doing? The one thing you can't do here is hold the receiver. The result stands, obviously. I thought it was funny that Joe Mixon tried to jump into the crowd twice and couldn't make it. That made me laugh. That was my favorite Where part of that game. Nothing, nothing gives the Steelers fans juice like beating the Bengals. Like It's like, oh, it, God, we got to blow up the team. This is horrible. Antonio Brown is mad. Uh, oh, Le'Veon is tearing the team apart. But then you Cincinnati. beat the Bengals, all of a sudden, swag's dripping off of Dave's beard, baby. We're back. Let's laugh at Cincinnati. It's the best. I don't care. I've, I've decided that it... it, it uh, uh, it lightens my emotional burden to to not be worried about what's going to be in January. Now I'm not worried. I you know listen, they're the Chiefs, they're the Patriots, the Chargers are going to end up in the Super Bowl. Those three teams, and even the Ravens are good. I just I just want to make sure that the Steelers are above the, in the mix. <laughs> now, that that amuses me in uh, what has otherwise been a little bit of a disappointing year. It's your Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, is Sully here? I'm sad that he's not, but uh, our best downstairs. wishes to him as he goes off. One of the one of the great fellas to get to spend time with. We've been fortunate to get to work with him every day because he is a ray of sunshine in the office and uh, a great fella. Yahoo with a great get there and uh, best wishes, bon voyage, and we hope the Vols win at least a game or two before the end of the season, right? Not that they may have to get a new head coach again. <laughs> Sully also, I like Sully. 
because yeah, what do you think about this, David? Let me just run this by you, and then we're going to get out of here. Sully has a weird a little thing in common with Michael Fabiano. He's the uh, I don't know if you know if you play fantasy football. He's the Hall of Famer here. He and uh, and and our friend Sully, they're they're front runners. And this is one thing I want to tell you before we end the show, David. This is my counsel to you as you go on into life, into right. manhood. Don't don't be one of these front runners who just chooses whatever team is out there that's playing well. Like it's it's not cool to be a Golden State fan and an Eagles fan and uh, you know an Astros fan. You pick up what I'm laying down, right? But Fabiano over there, he likes dig this. He's from New York. Mm-hmm. He likes the Yankees. That makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah sure. Then he likes the Cowboys. What? what? Yeah, weird. Then you know who else he likes? The Los Angeles Lakers. You know what his favorite uh, what his favorite college basketball team is? UNC. Do you see a trend here? He's a cherry picker. He's a bandwagon. Why are people people are willing to go on this show? Don't, I, I don't want you to be that. I want better things for you. I'm a Colts fan. Till I die. There we go. Ride or die, baby. One Sorry five. to hear that specific choice. But all right. You, <laughs> you've made your best. You've like, like made you your best. Like, <laughs> what a pleasure to see you. You're very lucky to have uh, Steve at your old, as your old man and even luckier to have Amy as your mom. Two of uh, the nicest people I've ever met. Speaking of nice, Mark Iztook. Hey, how's baby doing, by the way? Uh, sleeping, pooping, and eating. Yes. There you have it. Patrick Claybon, uh, he's uh, he's got a nice little uh, boy that we see coming around here periodically too. Best uh, everybody uh, as you enjoy week seven. May you get to watch it with uh, with your uh, little ones, with your loved ones on the couch or in the stadium. I don't know why I just launched into some saccharin uh, kind of thing. I guess it's all the family around here right now. It's bringing yeah. a ray of sunshine into the world. Football Dave. is family, Dad. Yeah. Oh, that's why I, did it. I knew I knew there was a reason. I knew there was a reason. All right, let's get out of Studio 66 together, victorious once again. Again, with our uh, our keen insights, I think. For his took Claybon, Willie McGinnis, David Schmall, and everybody else. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.